Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, and today I am so honored to share a recent Firebird Book Award-winning author with you. She is Faith Wilcox, and her winning book is titled Hope is a Bright Star, a Mother's Memoir of Love, Loss, and Learning to Live Again. Faith believes that self-expression through writing leads to healing. Her writing is reflective of a growing body of medical research about narrative identity, which illuminates that how we make sense of what happens to us and the meaning we give to experiences beyond our control directly impacts our physical and psychological outcomes. And Faith has learned these truths firsthand when her 13-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, was diagnosed with a rare bone cancer that took her life. Faith's journey from grief and despair to moments of comfort and peace taught her life-affirming lessons, which she shares today through her writing. And she's also the author of Facing Into the Wind, a book of poetry. Maybe we'll get to talk about that. She also leads a writing program at Mass General Hospital for children, for patients and their families, designed to give participants the opportunity to express themselves, alleviate stress, celebrate victories, and honor their grief. And I am just so thrilled to share her with you. So welcome to the network, Faith. Thank you very much. I'm very pleased to be here. Oh, congratulations on the book win, too. Yes, I was really, really happy to receive those winning awards. That was absolutely terrific. (laughs) I was happy, too. You know, there's so much that I want to talk with you about today. I am personally fascinated about the narrative identity I mentioned in your bio, and hopefully we'll just have a moment to touch on that. But this book is a memoir about your daughter's journey, and it started as a real-time journal. So maybe just give us a little peek into that. Of course. Um, In 2001, my daughter Elizabeth was 13, and she was diagnosed with a rare form of bone cancer, I found that I had so many feelings swirling around inside of me and maybe that I, many that I didn't want to share aloud. So I started to write in a journal and I wrote at night and I wrote in the pre-dawn light. I wrote of my hopes and I wrote of my fears. I wrote of the moments of joy that we had and I wrote about wondering if I really honestly had the strength to go through this series of procedures of surgeries, radiation, 10 months of chemotherapy, uh, and at the same time looking after my older daughter, Olivia, who was absolutely crushed that her younger sister was going through all of this. I found that writing down helped to relieve some of my anxiety and it helped to relieve some of the shock that I had been feeling. Even the shock continued on for at least probably a month, um, and it helped me just to unfold everything that was that was really I was high, holding very tightly inside. And I discovered that this process made me start to feel a little bit better. And over time, I wrote in many many journals, and I also wrote after Elizabeth's death. And this whole process, when I really was in a maelstrom of grief, gave me the opportunity to express myself and to remember not only the really hard things in life, but also to start to share the good things that were happening in my life, too, and how I slowly went on the journey from grieving to healing. Wow. I am so sorry. I can't even imagine what that must 
have been like for you, your daughter, your older daughter, the entire family, what an impact that makes on that whole dynamic. And I'm, I'm sorry you went through it, but then I'm also happy that you were able to come out of it in a way where now you're helping others perhaps lessen their pain as they go through similar situations. Yes, that's that's one of my goals. It's also one of my goals with a book is I want people to understand that even if you go through a terrible loss, there is hope that you will recover one day and your life will be very different. You will always miss the one you loved, but you can find joy again and you can find new meaning in life and life can go on in a rich and full way. Hard to see when you're in the throes of it, but it's helpful to hear from someone else who has been there. Maybe let's touch on some of the life-affirming lessons that you learned that you then shared in your book. Yes. One of the, one lesson that I learned was when observing Elizabeth, when she was um, in about her sixth time of treatment, and it was in the winter, and she did not have very much strength. But she decided that she was going to go to other children's rooms. And she was describing to other children what procedures were like from a child's point of view. And she really helped alleviate some of their fears. And I was amazed that she used her meager strength to really go and to help others. And doctors and nurses and social workers took notice of this and said she's really becoming the ambassador of the floor Mm. and one parent came to me and said elizabeth has helped us so much we were so afraid when we were first here but after talking to elizabeth it helped quiet some of my daughters and my fears so i learned that even when you're in a very very dire place you still can reach out to others You still can use the strength that you have. And as things go around, giving back, giving out, or giving forward can actually also make you feel better yourself. She didn't do it for those reasons, but I believe that ultimately it gave her a different level of, of strength, and I was just really amazed by her wisdom. Other life-affirming lessons I learned was that I had an extraordinary group of friends and my family who supported me throughout my ordeal and after Elizabeth's death. They not only brought meals over for me, but they also took my daughter to and fro, my older daughter to and fro high school each day. I was very often in the hospital for long hospital stays, and I was It was very hard. I was not able to be with my older daughter as much as she needed me to be with her. But my friends and my family were were there with her and giving her some of the support that she needed. I also had friends who would spend some nights in the hospital, and that gave me a very, very needed break um, because I don't know if you spent nights in the hospital, but you really don't sleep well. They wake up the patient, you know, two, three times a night, and um, lights are on at 5.30 in the morning, and it's it's hard to catch, uh, catch a good night's sleep. So I was just aware from there, and they helped me financially too. I was in the middle of a separation, and it was a very hard time for me. And I just 
learn by their incredible generosity, not only of um, financial generosity, but just this giving of what do you need faith? How can I show up for you? How can I be there for you? Those are two of the amazing lessons mm. I learned. Oh my, so much beauty that comes out of so much pain. And your daughter, Elizabeth, what an amazing heart. Like that that was so genuine of her to, like you say, just meager strength to think instead of just laying here and being pitiful to go out and try to help others. You wonder where that came from. I do wonder where that came from. And I don't I don't know the answer uh -huh, to that. Uh -huh. But it is was a kind of grace that that she had inside of herself. And boy, wasn't she a teacher for you then? I mean, for for anyone who watched that, imagine what she taught others around her without even knowing. Just the innocence of her behavior was so wise. Yes, it's very, very true. Oh, so touched by this. And I think this plays in perfectly with what you talked about. I, I want to read this sentence again because it's it's stunning to me. Narrative identity, which illuminates that how we make sense of what happens to us and the meaning we give to experiences beyond our control directly impact our physical and psychological outcomes. Can we talk about that for a minute? Sure we can. What I found, as I mentioned earlier, when I was writing in journals, I was finding that that was really, really helpful for me to be able to express all these thoughts and all this huge range of emotions that was going on inside of me. And sometimes when you're suffering, it's hard to say you're suffering out loud, or perhaps with a therapist or a minister or a rabbi one can, but a lot of, a lot of, um, Feelings are just absolutely swirling inside of yourself. So one on a personal journey, I found out that writing helped me process so much of what was had been going on. And as I said, remembering the good things as well. And also, it helped me understand some of the life lessons that I was um that I was coming to understand, like with Elizabeth's courage and her grace and my friend's grace, honestly, and, and tremendous amounts of help. And I'm not the only one who has felt that on a first, on a um, personal level, but there's been a lot of research done, particularly by a doctor named um, James Pennebaker, and he has interviewed cancer patients, um, veterans, people who have suffered trauma in their life, people have um, post-traumatic stress disorder, and what he's done over probably two decades now is he usually has two groups of people. Let's say they were cancer patients. And one group of people rode for 15 minutes a day for, um, let's say, for a month. And another group did not write. And time and time again, he has found, or the research is, has shown evidence that the people who wrote for 15 minutes a day for a period of time had better psychological outcomes than the people who didn't write. Mm -hmm. And this is this process of sharing your narrative, of sharing your life in writing. And research has also been done um, in the pediatric intensive care units, intensive care units, and neonatal intensive care units where the caregiver was asked to write for 15 minutes a day for periods of time. And again, they found out that 
the people who did this writing, who also not only wrote about feelings, but also about what they've learned through their life's journey, um, helped them enormously in the process of of being able to grasp some some good things that come out of tragedies to remember um, what has been given to you to to give you some strength for the future. And often the strength can come from expressing your innermost self. Absolutely, Faith. I can. Re- this really resonates with me. You, you mentioned, I don't know if you've ever been in the hospital to sleep, but my mom spent four months in the hospital after a terrible medical mistake. And so I did spend four months in the hospital with her. And by the time I got out of the hospital, I was a wreck. Um, mm-hmm. And one day, just quite by accident, I started to write uh, as I was recalling what happened, and it led into research, and and it became a book um, about how to survive a hospital stay. And that writing of it was so cathartic for me that it healed me, and it pro- it it propelled me to uh, a career as as a patient advocate and a, and a speaker on patient safety. So it resonates with me. I can attest to what you're saying to anyone who's listening. Just the writing process of that took me to a healing place that perhaps I would not have landed. I completely agree. I, I, I've heard of these experiences again and again, and it is illuminating once you have written down your journey mm-hmm. and have looked back upon it and learned the lessons that you have and have expressed those lessons and shared those lessons with others. And now you carry that through to another program where you're working with families and hospitals. Give us a peek into that because that's just taking what you learned and now sharing it on a bigger level. Yes. I really wanted to find a way to help parents um, who are struggling and to help older patients, not older in terms of like adolescent olders versus um, four or five-year-old mm-hmm. patients. So patients sort of age 11 and up. and. What I thought about is writing has been so very beneficial to me, and I did a fair amount of research, and I proposed this to a family advisory council at the Mass General Hospital for Children. And after reviewing the research and what I proposed to do, they accepted my proposal. And what I done is go into uh, Mass General Hospital for Children and speak with parents and speak with some of the adolescent patients about the benefits of writing. And I bring writing prompts there as well because sometimes it's just hard to get going, but the writing prompts I have might be um, might be a phrase from a song, they might be a poem, they might be um, a literary caption that I've found. And for the children, I do things that they can relate to for their songs, for their um, age groups. And I also encourage children to write about places where they like to be and favorite memories, because sometimes it's very good to bring yourself away from where you are in a hospital setting Mm -hmm. and to imagine your favorite family vacation or being with your grandparents or whatever can bring you happiness as a way to sort of transport yourself from where you are right at the moment into a happier setting. And it can be, writing can be sort of a form 
of a, almost like a meditation, mm-hmm. and it can also be a way to just uh, for self care, just to give, especially for parents, just to give themselves fifteen minutes um, to write. And I, I've said to many parents because they have very little spare time, that it is a form of self care, and you don't have to write um, for great periods of time if you want to. That's wonderful. But in order to be able to fit it into your life, just set aside 15 minutes for yourself Mm -hmm. and start writing. And I've had very, very positive responses from um, parents and patients. Thank you for doing this for others. It is so, so important to take our tragedies and turn them into something positive, not only for ourselves, but for others. So I I applaud you. I thank you for that. And um, your poetry book, let's touch on that briefly. Yes. When I first uh, started writing, I found that my writing came out as poetry, and it was a way that I could express myself um, with a lot of metaphors, and I draw a lot of metaphors to the natural world, because the natural world is where I found have found a lot of my healing. I could read a poem for you if you'd like. Please do. Okay. Just let me f- just get it inside my book. Take your time. Where do I go from here? Where will I begin? My life is so changed from what it has been. Where do I start? Will I sit by a pond in the cool sunlight? Will I walk in the woods which are anticipating spring? Will I hold my grieving daughter? Will I have lunch with friends and hear news of their families? Will I fold up my dark winter clothes and fill my drawers with the lighter clothes of spring? Perhaps I'll walk in an open, rough field, lined by stone walls, tall pine trees, and filled with whispering winds. Where the light is bright and the shadows are few, a field large enough for all my memories to flow through and where there is room for me to move. I will go into this field and step into something new, each step remembering, each step reconciling, each step guiding me toward a place I am longing to be. Oh, Faith, I'm in tears. Oh. Yeah. That's so beautiful. So thank you very, very much. So uh, my first book is very much, as I've just read, was drawing a lot of metaphors with the natural world. And it does have um, hope um, also woven through it. And I'm uh, hoping that it can be sort of a... Um, companion to those who are on the journey of grieving and healing. You're so special. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. I'm so pleased that we got to meet and have this conversation. You're a blessing. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so very much. Wow. Well, is there anything we missed as we begin to wrap up? I know there's a whole lot more I'd like to talk about, but anything that you wanted to bring up that we didn't touch on? I just, well, we touched on it a little bit, but I just do want to emphasize again for those people who are on the journey of grieving and healing, that life can be good again. And I said it will be different, but hold on to the hope that someday, it may be years from now, but that someday you will find new meaning in life and some new joys in life. Thank you. So inspiring, my friend. I really appreciate it. Why don't you share with us, if you would then, any contact information where folks can find out more about you and, most importantly, where they can get copies of these two important books. 
Great. Um, I can be reached by email at Faith, um, at Faith Wilcox, W-I-L-C-O-X, narratives.com. And my website is Faith Wilcox, W-I-L-C-O-X, narratives.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram most of the time. Um, my handle is at Faith F. Wilcox. My books can be purchased um, in any independent bookstore. Uh, if my book is not there, it can be ordered um, easily through Ingram Publisher Services, um, which the uh, bookstore can do um, uh, to, in order to fulfill the order. It's also available on Amazon and some of the larger bookstores like Barnes & Noble. Excellent. So we're speaking with Faith Wilcox. The book we're talking about today is Hope is a Bright Star, a Mother's Memoir of Love, Loss, and Learning to Live Again. And we touched on her book of poetry, Facing into the Wind, a Mother's Healing After the Death of Her Child. So, so beautiful. Website is faithwilcoxnarratives.com. Faith, you are a blessing. Thank you so much for sharing you and this very, very personal story today. Well, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to share share with others. 